Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Dulce Doherty here. And in this podcast series, I will be speaking to investors, advisors, entrepreneurs, and recruiters who are based all over the world. And we'll be discussing how to set up, scale, and operate a world-class recruitment company. Today, I'm honored to have Roy Ripper on the podcast. And yes, that is his real name. He is a recruitment expert and trainer, and he's been in the industry for what we joked has been around a thousand years now. Roy knows more about recruitment than, he's probably forgotten more about recruitment than I'll ever learn. So I really enjoyed asking him all the things I need to know to be able to take this podcast, any ideas that I have, where I want to go in my own career, my own businesses. And I really use this to pick his brain and get his thoughts on things. And he's one of these people that's been there, done it, and he can communicate the lessons learned uh, from his journey. And he's really generous with his time and with his knowledge. And we had a great chat and I'm really appreciative of his time. We're going to have a follow-up chat with some of the other guests that have been on the podcast. We're going to create a bit of a roundtable series in the south of England. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, enjoy Roy. Happy hunting, everybody. Hey, Dwelter. Roy, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Roy, first question. Okay. Is that your real name? Because I've got real, (laughs) I've got name envy. (laughs) You couldn't make this up, could you? Um, Roy Ripper is my real name, okay? Um, I I I was christened Roy Ripper. Um, and uh, I did threaten my uh, ex-wife to call out our first son, Jack Theo. She, <laughs> she put her, her foot down and it didn't, it didn't result. But yeah, I'm definitely Roy Ripper. Wow. Um, some famous people sound like, pa- in recruitment, sound like pirates, don't they? <laughs> you know, we could have like, like who else is on the boat with you? Obviously, Gary Goldsmith has his, uh, yeah. has his but... Uh, that Greg Savage so. as well, I was thinking. Greg Savage, I know. That's a great That's name a... for a pirate, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. Who else could we have? Oh. Well, listen, you've, you've got the whole alliteration thing going on. So you've got DD. I've got RR. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be like some poor peasant downstairs. <laughs> the cabin like, boy. Yeah, yeah. Or, or in the jail or something, you know. You'd be selling me, you'd be selling me to other pirates or something. All right, right. So... We had a wee chat beforehand. Yes, and I could have, I could have, I could have ended up chatting to you for hours. Um, Thank you. You're a man. You're a man that's uh, that's been doing things that I've been trying to do for an awful long time, and uh-huh. I want to have. A, I want to jump into all of that. And I, like okay. there, there's a thousand things I want to ask you, so right. I'm trying to get it all in, in in order. But for me to do that, I think. Can we can we go back to where it started a thousand years ago when you got into recruitment? <laughs> and I was two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, of course we can. Um, look, I like a lot of people. You always hear this story, don't you? I'm sure I'm not the first person to say I fell into recruitment, but I, I literally fell into recruitment in that um, I used a recruitment agency. So uh, back in the day, I worked in retail and I went to a retail specialist guy placed me really good and then that was it i didn't hear from uh recruitment didn't think about recruitment then years later i was a boss i started uh using a recruitment agency and the uh, consultant said oh my boss knows you the md of my company knows you and it turns out this was this guy that placed me years previously Mm -hmm. took me to lunch said look you can make a fortune in recruitment 
I I swallowed the uh, the Kool Aid, and uh, that was back in I don't know nineteen eighty seven something, some wow. like that. Yeah, it was a long, 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 long time ago. What was recruitment like in nineteen eighty seven? I oh, was mate. I was four, yeah. by the way. So <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Walter. That that really does kind of make me feel good. Um, what was recruitment like? Yeah, it's funny because um, I, I go into training sessions and coaching sessions, and people say to me, "What did you do without a computer?" I'm like. Well, we had index boxes and we had lots of filing cabinets. You speak to, if you speak to any recruiter over a certain age, they'll tell you their offices literally had wall-to-wall filing cabinets. I worked, I worked for a firm in Canada two, three years, four years ago now, okay. and, and they had filing cabinets and all that. <laughs> and when they brought them out a week into my kind of journey there, yeah. I realised this is the wrong place for me. <laughs> well, they stuck in the stone age or something. Jesus, yeah. terrible, man. <laughs> so what, so uh, did you, did you stay in the one firm for a long time? What was, what was your kind of journey like? Oh man. Let, let's not what? go through every year because yeah. they, like, we'll be here all day. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you, You're going to have a pop at me about my age all the way through. That's cool. Listen, that's cool. I, I like being the older statesman in recruitment. You, you um, are. You are. Um, <laughs> I'm the cabin boy. I told you. <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm cleaning the floor. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, no, you I, and Gregor sailing the seven seas. <laughs> no, I think Greg's on his own ship on that one. And, and, <laughs> but listen, in terms of um, recruitment, yeah, I won't take you back to year year by year. But I loved that first firm. It was I was in Regent Street in Central London. Um, I because I'd come from the market that I was uh, placing, which was retail, fashion, all that kind of stuff. I I had an affinity with the candidates and clients, and to be honest with you, mate, it was the eighties. I made money just by waking up in the morning. Um, but what I also did was because of that affinity and rapport and everything else, I just found it so easy. Hmm. Um, how, I wasn't how bold yeah, were but, people in the eighties at work? Was it was it what it looks like on the TV with? Uh... <laughs> With with cigars and, and whiskey and the rest. Oh, mate. Yeah. And also, I think that continued well into the 90s and some of the noughties as well. Yeah, that's the old world, right? And, you know, maybe we can talk about that. But the old world was very much like shoulder pads and, uh, I don't know, people going out and getting tanked up and Wolf of Wall Street and all of that sort of, you know, shenanigans and stuff. But, was that fun for being a young man? It was, it was fantastic. You know, central London, single. Yeah, money in my pocket. It was really, really good. Um, and yeah, you know, it was, it, was, it was a good time to be in recruitment. But, you know, thank God, because thank God the market moved on, the industry moved on, because I think that uh, there was a lot of casualties along the way. You know, people were left, uh, left lying along the way. But yeah, it was a good, it was a good start in recruitment. Um, yeah young men can get away with it you know like, like in your in your 20s yeah. you know <laughs> before before as a friend of mine says marriage and, and children knocks the crack out of you <laughs> and the money yeah and the, <laughs> we're not going down that road we won't go down that road <laughs> um and then sort of I, I, I stayed with that firm for a while i literally i started off as a junior consultant i ended up as uh, I don't know, some kind of director I was running the show. The boss got bored with his business and went on to something else. But then I was introduced to the infamous James Kahn. And, uh, you know, it was it was kind of like, yeah, come and start your own business. And this was um, one of my consultants working with me had, had introduced me. Is this before Hamilton Bradshaw? Oh, it's way, way, way before. It was um, yeah. Alexander Mann days, early, early Alexander Mann days. It was when uh, James was in um, Tottenham Court Road and driving around in his baby blue Rolls Royce. So, yeah, it was way, way before. Was Alexander Mann his first major exit um, in the recruitment industry? Yes, it was his first major exit. The thing is, Alexander Mann as a company uh, started way back. I mean, literally just a couple of years before um, I got together with him and, and I'd started a business and James backed it. So ours was a separate business, but he, he backed it, gave us the premises. Um, but yeah, years later, Alexander Mann Associates, I think it was, or, uh, you know, the whole RPO and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he did that years after I left, um, uh, left working with him. But yeah, it was an education. I mean, it's like I, I through through James, I met with the the late, great Tony Byrne. That kind of gave me a taste for the recruitment training side. I loved it. I, and I, you know, 
um, I, I was able to develop. This is the thing: working as a recruitment business owner, working with James, I was bringing people into our business that had never worked in recruitment before, and I was getting them up to uh, a level where they were just selling, selling retained assignments. And I loved that bit. I loved seeing the excitement on their face, and and I than I love doing the deal myself. So, um, yeah, and, and once I'm up with Tony, the rest, it's like I got the bug for for recruitment training. That's interesting. So, you, in hindsight, if you were to have a time machine and 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 go back, do you think if you had have followed on on the same vein, would you have been more successful or less successful? It's interesting. Yeah, it's a great question. Kind of, my, my kids often ask me, it's like, you know, Dad, why are we so... <laughs> <laughs> and the, I've coached over the years, so, you know, and, and, and a lot of them are household names or household names in the recruitment industry. Um, but look, this is an interesting one. It's like, how do you judge success? I got a really good... I mean, under under James, with that with that first business, Retail Profiles, we built it up to, I think, six consultants within six months we were a hundred percent retained uh we the industry that i'd come from the highest fee that i was able to get in my previous company was 18 percent. that and that was like a fucking nosebleed if you if you got to that level um but overnight when we started retail profiles we went to 30 percent retained only and it was successful um but i kind of got more of a kick out of bringing people in i started getting bored of just being able to go out and close retainers um i got more of a kick out of doing that so when i went to work with um, tony it wasn't about riches it wasn't about making loads of money it was about doing something that i felt passionate about genuinely yeah. passionate about not the usual bs that people give you it's like oh yeah i love working with people i really really liked seeing somebody that had never done this work before and getting them to a level where they actually were very, very good. The psychology interests me that, yeah. you know, years later, when, when you look back and you probably could see that in monetary terms, like you could have scaled a thousand call centers oh, and, 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 and gone down that road. You might have died of a heart attack, but <laughs> you, you could have, you could have gone down that road and, and but but you chose not to and you seem generally happy about it and i i often have these conversations with my wife like we set up this business a few years ago yeah and you know i interview people who are my age now i'm 35 and they've already had an exit they they're on to the next one and i i get it i get a bit of recruitment i get a bit of recruitment envy from them yeah and and i find that and then she sits me down and 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 reins me in, and she's like, "Look, just check your fucking ego, will you? Like <laughs> life is good. You're you're onto something here. Just, just, just kind of follow the stuff that you're enjoying because you'd be a miserable call center owner." Oh, absolutely right. No, and 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 your wife's right. I like her already as well. So that um, she's absolutely right. It's like just keeping your sanity. You know, I look at some of the people, some of my contemporaries when I was coming through. And, you know, we don't need to name names. They're, they're quite public in our industry. And I look at them and I think to myself, oh, you know what? I, I wish you would. It'd be great for the SEO on the blog. <laughs> <laughs> not, not on this call, we won't. Eh? <laughs> I need a few more of Guinnesses inside me before we do that. Um, but, but, you know, we, we all look at them. And we go, do you, but do you know what? I see people and they're, they're unhappy. Um, and I, I genuinely, I genuinely love the work that I do. And I've been able to say that for quite a long time in recruitment when I was at the height of my success. And I did get, I mean, I got phenomenal success and I was able to buy properties and have a property over uh, abroad. I lived in Spain. My son was kind of brought up there the first couple of years. I had all of that with recruitment, but actually I'm i don't know 10 times more happy and satisfied and uh and all of that with with the life that i have now and the work that i do every single day and so so in hindsight you're actually happier that you made that call did oh, it take you a while to come to that realization and battle your own ego or 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 no, did you know straight away no i do you know what i knew straight away i really genuinely wow. did and I, I you know look it's interesting because 
you could say, well, with training and coaching and everything else, it actually ticks another ego box. So, uh, you know, yeah, to stand up in front of a room of 500 people or whatever and uh, get invited to speak in South Africa and India and different places, that kind of, you know, ticks the ego box of uh, a, a lot of recruiters. You know, if you think, if you ask recruiters, would you like to do that? We, we, I think at the heart of it, recruiters like to be liked. Well, with the work that I started doing, um, I got that feedback in a, in a different way. I wasn't placing candidates, but I was developing recruiters and helping recruitment business owners. So I got that feedback, but in a in a slightly different way. Mm. It's it, it's it's really it's really heartening to hear to to hear that there's other alternatives rather than doing James Can's model of get a bunch of grads in, scale yeah. it up, sell it on to another person that's done it better. They'll sell it on to another person that's done better. And then somewhere along the line, somewhere, someone will exit. Yeah. And you know something, Dwight, I, it's funny because, you know, people talk to me or ask me, people in startups and people at the start of their, you know, recruitment careers. And, and they'll ask me, you know, is recruitment an industry? Is it a good career? Is it a good place to be? Is it a good place to launch a business? And what I say to them is, the skills that you will develop as a recruiter um, or running a recruitment business um, are so great that even if you decide in two years or three years or five years that it's not for you, I promise you, I guarantee the skills that you will develop over that period will see you good through life, whatever you choose to do. So I've, I've, you know, I've had people that have left the industry not because of my training or my management but they've left the industry they've gone on to be you know uh, police officers or they've been on they've they've gone on and done i don't know sort of uh trading they they can sell they can empathize they can communicate it's like you know so i i yeah i don't think it's just there's a model of success in recruitment and you know that's james Kahn or others and then there's uh, and and then there's nothing. I think there's a wealth of stuff that this industry is able to, to to give us. And yeah, you know, you don't have to stay in recruitment for the rest of your life. Um, there's loads of other stuff, and you've got to find your passion. That was, I think, that was the thing that that really got me towards training. <clears throat> I loved um, giving. You know, I loved teaching people. I loved imparting knowledge and then seeing that develop and, and people take it further you know i've coached people that have gone on to be a lot more successful um than, than i ever was but it and, sounds like um, you take pride in that oh massive absolutely massive um you know and this is the thing people often will say so it's really uh, just about channeling your ego into exactly exactly it is about channeling the ego um because people say oh you know if you're a, a recruitment trainer or coach i hear you know i don't hear it as lot as much now but i did hear it in the beginning you must have been a failed recruiter um you know those who can't teach or something like that and 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 that wasn't it for me it's like actually i was very very successful i made a lot of sorry i was very successful in 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 some people's eyes and in making money but that wasn't how i judged my success at all it was how content am i you know how comfortable am i how is it ticking my boxes and, and yeah. yeah that's why i moved well, forward i, I suppose another way to look at it is what's your what's your effect on the ecosystem around you and uh, and what's your footprint and yeah. it sounds like it sounds like you've uh, you, you've accomplished a lot in that let's let's jump into the training piece okay okay if you were me what questions would you ask you about that <laughs> um <laughs> i love that question um if i was you i would say uh, we could take this two ways um throughout we could say okay <clears throat> you know what's different about your training to perhaps or coaching to to what else is available and then the other thing is, you know, can training, how, you know, how does it affect the person receiving training and receiving coaching? So, yeah, you could take it one of those two ways, I would suppose. Okay, so jump into the first one first. All right. So how's my training different? Well, you know, I think I said earlier on, <clears throat> since I first started, uh, you know, 
working recruitment, as you said, a thousand years ago. Um, such, I, a, seen, such, a, such a bad person I am. <laughs> I've seen a lot of change um, in the industry. I was laughing the other day because uh, I was trying to explain to my kids what a fax machine was because <laughs> I remember when they came out and, and, and uh, how I was freaked out by it because I, I, I envisaged documents floating across London Bridge from one office to another. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, a lot has changed in the industry. And now in, in recruitment training, when I first started, there was just Tony Byrne. Um, then there were people like Steve Finkel. And these were all American trainers, right? So very, very few uh, British trainers. And then, you know, slowly people like Anne Swain came uh, to the industry. Now, of course, she's the apps, the apps go, she's the apps yeah. go, yeah. And lovely, lovely lady. Very, very inspirational. Yeah. There's uh, a great woman. interview, if anybody wants to check it out, of, of hers on the, the REC Scale Up podcast. Oh, okay. Listen, I, I need to check that one out. I'm a great fan of Anne and, and uh, we get on very, very well. Um, so, yeah, there were there were very, very few. You know, um, I think Anne was one of the British ones and she started her business learning curve and then a few more came through. Um, but this this was years ago. Right. And then if I look now, it's like the world and his dad <laughs> is like, you know, set themselves up as recruitment trainers. And that's great. I'm pleased because at the end of the day, anything we can do to raise the standards of our industry and help support that, you know, I'm all for what's different. Um, you know, my difference actually could be my bane, but my difference, I think, is the fact that I did, I was a recruiter. I started off as a junior recruiter in a small independent agency. I only ever worked for three recruitment companies, um, four, three, three recruitment companies. And I ended up as a director of all three of them. Um, and uh, I went from independent to owning my own to working for a 350 million pound PLC um I, you know I, I walk the walk and I talk the talk it's like I sold retained search assignments I trained my team of researchers to uh to research pre-digital but you know it, it, good old school practice right mm. um and what I bring to the training I I never ever trained things like scripts or theory what i'll teach is stuff that either i've used or i've trained people to use and then what we've done is refined it and refined it and refined it so so walk me through what that looks like from the point where you meet a meet an agency owner the, the questions that you ask him to, so, to to what that looks like from the implementation point of view just 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 quickly just so, so we can all contextualize it because sometimes big picture stuff is kind of hard to refine yeah no absolutely i i, I totally agree well look, one of the biggest things i find um and it does surprise me a little bit is when i go into a brand new company to either consult or mentor or coach or whatever the first thing that i look for is what are the processes the the universal processes that run through this business so you know going to abc agency it's like okay how do you take a job you know how do you how do you take a job from a client how do you source a candidate how do you manage the recruitment process now i'm always surprised at how few companies actually have uniformity across the process and what i mean by that is like it's almost you know i live down near in brighton um this is almost like a piece of brighton rock what you know with the words brighton written through it what i look for is is there consistency across a business from consultant to consultant and i'm amazed at how it's not consistent in so many businesses i.e you know they'll have a consultant maybe that's come from one company and she takes a job in one way and they'll have another consultant that has come from another company and but he I, does it a different way but i could tell you why that is yeah just, just i would guess anyway right yeah just from my own limited experience and um, when when i started out I followed their process. Yes. And then when I got better, I started yeah. using shortcuts yes. to make sure that I could get things done faster, more yeah. efficient. And that that was different to the person who beside me who couldn't replicate it. Yes. Is that yeah. is that is that fair summation? Yeah, no, absolutely it is fair. The the only thing about that though, Dwelter, is that that from a candidate and a client's experience, right? 
of of that agency let's say that agency is if they if they work with you they'll have a different experience to if they work with me now what i'm not talking about is personality and and you know our, our personality and our traits in terms of how we work but if we're working with a firm you know you you used to work with rob waters you would say okay look consultant to consultant there'll be different skill levels but essentially there's a rob waters way and yeah. any client that joins sorry any client that experiences rob waters as a client will will know it's like okay there's the robert waters way and if i'm a candidate yeah you know consultant to consultant my experience is going to be fairly uniform and 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 i i I agree i agree with you Uh, people like me are more designed to set up their own business yeah and and invent their own process yeah and other people are more designed for the management route and and i know those people and they they've gone through the ranks and yeah and I, I think you're right. Like if, because if you're scaling a business and maybe, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but, but, but the thought process here is that if I'm, if I'm then at the next level, I need to be able to teach people the Rob Walters way. Whereas if I'm not doing it, I'm not leading by example, yes. then things get lost and trust is broken both from the, the, the client side and from internally and teams from the colleague side yeah it's, it's true the, the other thing you know and and i see this a lot like you you'll get in some businesses the principal you know the the md or sales director or whatever it is but the principal characters the principal uh business owners they have their own system and when they bring in brand new people those brand new people look at the principal and they go oh my god i can't possibly be as good as that person because they almost make it look like you know it's a flair player it's like somebody watching Neymar and going okay well yeah I I could be as good as him it's like it's a flair player now the problem with flair players is that the individual flair player will be brilliant and attract revenues and all that kind of stuff but you can't replicate that Mm. you can't scale that easily so the the real skill and this is you know this is part of the reason why i got into into coaching the real skill i think as a coach is breaking down that process is watching a neymar and say okay well look what are the common characteristics what are the things that i could teach um that that may not get the next neymar but actually if we follow the same principles maybe we get a close approximation you know Mm. and at the very least anybody experiencing sorry to use the football analogy but anyone experiencing um, that kind of play, you go, okay, well, look, there's a team, you know, aka Barcelona or PSG or whatever. There's a team, there's a way that they play. Um, yeah, and, and look, I, I'm real into this stuff as well. And, and when I look at my, myself and my, my, my faults, which there are, there are many, especially back then. <laughs> I, actually, I've probably got worse over the years, if I'm honest. But <laughs> back, back then, when I, when I was kind of going, do you know what? I probably don't need to meet this person. Yes. I could probably do it there. I could yes. I probably, and I was doing shortcuts. Yeah. When I look at stuff now on the most scalable recruitment firms that I work with around the world, they were doing the stuff that I was, they're doing the stuff that I yeah. was doing in my chair then. Absolutely. And I was probably just in the wrong business to start out with yeah. in, in, in terms of my, my style. But then I did buy into a lot of their, the qualitative stuff as well so so i i, yeah, I don't it, i don't know it's a, it it does fascinate me that, that that there's that there's different bits and a lot of the things that we've tried to do is so we we broke down every step of what we do nice and nice. And, and my wife docu process documented everything and then we got our virtual assistants involved nice. and then over the years we've given them bits more Bit, bit, a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. So now the point where w- what I do on a daily basis, Charlotte's gone and have kids for two years, so she was able yeah. to do that. She can come back in now and get on with like getting us right again. Yeah. But I've been able to just take calls, write content, and do this. Fantastic. And Fantastic. and that was all through process documentation. So I, it's not as I don't think it's a scalable model, but I think it's more probably suitable to, for the better word, lifestyle businesses, which I hate that word. But yeah, it just it makes it more efficient. I mean, what you've just described there is a very efficient business. You've been able to because of uh, Mrs. D's, and I love Mrs. D already. Okay. Yeah, she's great, um, eh? 
<laughs> I, I, you know, because of Mrs. D's documenting those processes, testing those processes, then, you know, presumably, I'm, I'm sure this is the way you did it, having your, you know, your VAs or outsourced assistants, practicing those and then tweaking the system, tweaking the system. You've created a very efficient business. You don't need to scale that. You just need to enjoy the benefit that that process gives you. And it's funny because a lot of recruitment businesses just never get there. You know, mm. even big ones never get to that point that it's, it's highly efficient. It hums like a high performance machine, you know. And, and I'm, I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed. But, but then, like, it, it's freed me up to do this podcast, which yeah. has enabled me to speak to people who know way more than I do. And then I've got a thousand other projects that I have to that I have to try and get Mrs. D to do now, <laughs> which she looks at me and she's like, like, stop having ideas. Just <laughs> just stop making our life difficult. Like, <laughs> you know, but I hope you're I hope you're paying Mrs. D well, because I, I feel a headhunt call coming on. Well, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, hmm. <laughs> I could, I, I, I literally, I'd love her to go somewhere else. <laughs> I, 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 I'd, be deli- I'd be delighted, but uh, I have, it's funny, one of the things I'm thinking about this year, Roy, is probably doing something similar to what you've done, but on a, on a smaller scale. Okay. I'm, quite, I'm quite passionate about helping independent recruiters set yeah. up nice. and scale, like uh, automate, automate an efficient recruitment business yeah and i i want to i want to do that in the right way and what 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 advice would you would you have to somebody like like me who's thinking about that that's good okay first of all um i i I love the mission because i always talk to people about what's your why you know why would you do that why you know and the why is really really important it's all about you know it's our purpose because if you haven't got the purpose everything else is just not sustainable you know imagine um and i say this to recruiters at the beginning of their career it's like imagine you are going to be doing this for the next 10 years and they go oh no it's like okay it's not, <laughs> not, not the right niche for you then you know let's pick yeah. a niche a bit more interesting so the fact that you've got that you know I, i'd say to you that that that's a tick straight away secondly i um you know what advice would i give you well you know what the, i think the podcast and and having done my own you know that that back in 2015 the podcast is such a good way because every you know as you said and I recognize this myself as well when I was interviewing people not necessarily the bigger names I got I got those guys but some of the smaller people that I interviewed some of the startups that I interviewed they their advice kind of just knocked me back because I was thinking oh actually I approach it from a well, I've been doing this for you know a thousand years, and I've been speaking. To... You're not going to let that go, are you? Yeah, <laughs> never. That, that's going to be on my tombstone, my friend. Um, but I was I interviewed a, 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 a young woman, Natalie Ellis, that had started her recruitment business, and actually she sold it within two years of starting for for a shed load of money. Maybe I shouldn't have said that if there's any tax people listening. But she, um, uh, but she was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and I learned more from interviewing her than I did from perhaps some of the bigger names that, that, that I interviewed. They'll go up, they'll go nameless. But the, the point that I'm saying here is that just doing the podcast, yes, it gets you exposure, but actually the data, the information that you are learning from every single call, every single person that you speak to, I think positions you, uh, you, you know, you, you're ready now to answer. I mean, if you were, if you were going to launch that product or that service, I'd say you've probably got, as much data as you need but but wow what a way to go and the other the only other point i'd say is and i think again you've got this already as long as you start with um again it's back to our why i start with you know i want to serve i want to give this information value in advance it's not about you know okay i need to create a product or service that makes a lot of money um build the product that your people want so if it's startups it's like find out what are the what is their pain what are the things that stop them let's make that as easy as possible for them and then the sales come i promise you it's like yeah I, I, I look at those things so so i think like when charlotte comes back next month we yeah. will create more documents and kind of go into it but okay it's funny when it, when, it, when i look at things that, that, that people's pain points um the virtual assistant and automation piece yeah is is definitely one yeah. so being able to do more on that yeah i think 
the content and being able to create meaningful, authentic content yes. is another piece. Yeah. Being able to distribute that content effectively, whether it's through paid or organic, is, is, is another piece. Yeah. And then it's putting that together with old school practices that still work. Yes. Yes. Uh, listen, I, I, I wish I could throw in a hallelujah because this is I tell this to people all the time. They go, oh, it's all about digital. It's all about digital. It's like, yes, of course it is. Use the tools to get us exposure and distribution. But don't come so far away from, um, you know, those good best practice skills that we learned, mm. um, which are communication. It's like if, if it's all about digital and it's all about online and you can't speak to people then i'm sorry it's like i don't care you know how good your message is if you can't speak to people one-to-one face-to-face um know the you know skills of, of being able to persuade and listen and all of those things then y- y- your idea is dead in the water so I, I had, you're one of the I had first Tris- people i've spoken to that says you know that says yeah you need to combine these things yeah. in order for it to be good so I had Tris on yesterday, Revel, and I and, and he and he uh, he was he's really interesting, and and I and I and I was saying, look, I just need more calls into my diary. Like, I, literally, if I get more calls with recruiters, yeah, I could place more people. And he's like, ah, you know, you sound like that's just like call center, but for a message, and you hate call centers. And I was like, yeah. oh no, no, don't get it wrong here. I'm I'm into media and stuff, but yeah. it's it it is as we said, like it's use every weapon that's available yeah and and combine them all in a logical step-by-step process that gives you the best value yeah and and i'm not sure if any of us have perhaps you have but 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 a lot of us have that cracked from start to finish in in merging all the different angles together no look i haven't got that cracked for me it's a work in progress but you know i would say because things change right things change every day in terms of what's out there yeah that's it i mean i you know and you know this it's like i've made uh those podcasts back in 2015 it's like stuff that i would have mentioned in the podcast or even my guests would it's like they're out of bloody date as soon as the thing is published you know yeah i wanted i wanted to jump into that with you because so for anybody that doesn't know roy was doing the content stuff that i'm doing now in 2015 and i only kind of i only discovered this afterwards and I was halfway through and somebody tagged in a few things. And then I, then I looked and I was like, oh, God, he got a real early adoption on this. Yeah. And then I, I listened to it and, and I thought, oh, this is quite choreographed. I, I, yeah. The world's changed now. Yes. Um, would you do some of it different now, Roy? Oh, first of all, you've encouraged me to, to maybe blow the dust off of my podcasting chops and, and get back man. into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course I would. Um it's interesting. Back in 2015, if if you and I had gone to market and said, oh, podcasting, people would have looked at us and they did looked at me like I was an alien. Like, oh, what is this? It's like, you know, and I had I even to get guests. It's like guests will be going, well, how does it work? Do you, do you come to my office? Do you, you know, you're going to how does it? And there was a lot of um, it was really, really bloody hard. So in that format, we just used a classic interview format we're going to ask these questions that way my guests were able to prepare not script their answers because i I said you know i said to them don't do that but they knew what they were going to be asked and they knew the format and they knew what it sounded like because they could listen to every other episode that that we'd run and um uh it was easy to it was easy to produce and actually i say easy to produce it was to produce and very and very, very expensive. It's probably one of the reasons why I stopped doing it because it, it took up, you know, too much of my time and I was trying to do other, other things as well. But yeah, I would change it. I, I love, you know, this is good because you're just, we're having a conversation. Um, and I know in that what you get is uh, some good stuff and sometimes some stuff that maybe other people haven't heard or, or a side of Roy Rick or any of your guests that, you know, like oh, I didn't know that about him. You know, and I, th- I think it's, it, this is a lot more like a natural conversation. Well, when it's not choreographed, there's 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 something you have to realize. There's stuff you know that you don't know that you know. Yes. That I <laughs> that I know that people out there don't know. Yes. And 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 whether we're having a, a natural conversation or not, I'm trying to grab out that 
little bit of information that that I can take and go throw it in my own business yeah. and go, thank you, Roy Ripper. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, when and, and and I suppose I'm asking you about the training piece on on that because that's your thing and yeah. it's something that I'm interested in. Um, when you're putting th- that together for people, yeah, and I, I get you go in, you analyze it, you, you see what their processes are. I think we went off course on on that question. No worries. Um, you then you then deliver it. Do you have like do you have like have you developed any type of like manuals that you've sold or or, or or video courses that 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 you've done is that is that a direction you've gone down or will go down yeah no i, I have been down uh, that road and, and i i do have i mean you know products what i find dwelter is that that um different people want different things so i've got a book recruitment blueprint uh it's available on amazon and, and people go and buy it and it's a nice it's got great reviews <laughs> thank you uh one or two weren't so comfortable um, but, uh, <laughs> moving moving swiftly on <laughs> um, but you know some people like to just read a book it's like okay good and it's a inexpensive way of of getting information i love books right i'm a prolific reader of other people's books so books are good then um you know some people are i, I want to listen to the audio i want to you know listen to it whilst i'm commuting to work or on the treadmill so podcasts are good so i've done podcasts um some people like video training and obviously i was one of the founders of recruitment juice back in the day um i also i did my training apprenticeship with tony Byrne, the original 30 steps recruitment series uh on video vhs cassette um so i I know that that's powerful too some people like the ability to be able to uh you know watch a video do it at their own pace self-learning etc then there are others that want to have that live experience, whether it's a group uh, seminar or whether it's a one-to-one coaching. Um, so it's all these different things. And I do all of those things. What I've done is I've kind of pulled back on maybe the audio um, on the podcast, but, um, and I've got some great stuff for you. It's like, you know, at some stage, I'd love to sit down with you and talk to you, to you about one of the things that I'm teaching um, and, and coaching people on now is a thing called circular uh, I, I can't remember circular omnipresence which is taking one piece of content and then repurposing that content in a systematic way right so it's not just okay well the latest digital marketing guru says this it's a systematic way for recruitment businesses take that one piece of content repurpose it um, put it across all of these different platforms because this is where people will try and uh, find you and then get them coming back to the main place that you want them to come which in my opinion will be your website so um yeah, yeah I, 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 I wonder is it your website depends what you're selling um well, i sometimes find I, i'll jump into this if i if, yeah, if i can sure. so i suppose my, my i i'm i'm all into the omnipresent stuff and yeah on my reading list is gary v's solution oh, for perfect. it yeah good. and there's the, maybe there's another guy build um, does some really good stuff on this as well i think she calls it blitz campaign and then brendan bouchard was the guy back in 2014 that first coined the phrase circular virulosity yeah. um so yeah all, all all good kind of sources but what... so i think for, for anybody that's listening how you do this quickly yeah is do a podcast video yourself on the podcast i don't like video myself on the podcast yeah, some people I, don't. I, I find it, it makes people a little bit more awkward yeah um and, yeah. and they, they're not as comfortable yeah. and i might be a little bit conscious of that myself yeah um so i, I just prefer to be, be able to do it like this but so what you do is you use a tool called repurpose io yes that brings it to youtube you do a video intro you get yeah. them to do a video intro and i haven't done any of this yet but this is yeah. the research i've done so you 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 mash that together. You do an outro and your thoughts on it, and then you've got three or four pieces of video. Yes. You then grab the tiny bits of highlights from it, and you repurpose that using a thing called Wave. Yes. You put that across LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and uh, and and probably uh, Instagram. Yeah. Um, and and. I think whenever this goes, you tweet about it. But I'm not a big Twitter Twitter person, so it's not a, it's it's not on my agenda right now. Sure. Um, then 
to be omnipresent, you obviously need the person that's you know in, involved in it to do all the same and to to react and get that out there on on all their channels. Yeah. You then need to work on. You probably have to have a Facebook group, a Facebook page, and then you need to get some paid stuff done yeah. to get the real, like, brilliant bit of it yeah. out out there to draw people in. So then they become part of the funnel to yeah. to go back to the place where you want them to. And as you said, that's a, that's a website. For me, if it was the coaching thing, it would be the yeah. website. If it's yeah. to speak to recruiters to move to New York. Um, or wherever we're, we're putting them, then I would almost like to go straight back to LinkedIn, LinkedIn, yes. to WhatsApp, and straight into a call. So it, yeah, I, no, you're I'm right. putting all these pieces together kind of on the hop. It's not we haven't got it all down yet, but I, I think if anybody wants to replicate it, that's the easiest way I can see. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't think you're wrong at all. To oh I yeah, think... you create a blog on LinkedIn as well, and do, yeah, do, do that as well. Exactly. You, you, you look. There's there, there's a very simple system. It's like some of the things that you said there. I would totally, totally, um, you know. And there's different forms of doing this kind of uh, viral stuff. I think there's a specific form for recruitment businesses that I think I've worked out. And at some stage, I'd really like to share that with you. And if you then want to share it with your, you know, listeners, that we'll, we'll go ahead. But I the, the point that I would make about um, recruitment businesses, a lot of people um, think, oh, OK, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and that's enough or I'm on um, Instagram and that's enough. Or, I, or, the, or they'll say something like, oh, I'm not going to go on Instagram because I, yeah. I don't get it. I don't use it. I think the question to ask is, where is your audience? If they're ca- candidates, where do your candidates go to? If your clients, where are your clients? Where do they sit? And mm. you need to engage with people wherever they are. The other thing that I'd say is that um, these different platforms, I mean, you and I both know Periscope was like the big thing. And then that kind of died down and Google Hangouts and everyone was doing that. And Twitter was big and then it's not so big. And um, Instagram is the fastest growing. All of these different things come into play and um, and their algorithms and their rules change. So, for example, I know a lot of people that started to build their business on Facebook um, and then all of a sudden, you know, Facebook, lovely free Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden the bastards start, you know, charging you and, <laughs> and, and not actually not even putting your stuff in front of your connections. Right. You had to pay them to, to get that. So my my mantra on this is go fishing, go hunting on all the different platforms, yeah. but as quick as you can get them onto your platform. Um, and that's either, as you said, get a phone number, get a phone conversation going if you're a recruiter and it's a candidate, or at the very least, get an email. Because if you've got an email, then you can start to nurture a relationship with, with that person. And, and let me jump in right there. So I had a, I had a kid called uh, Mark Lumberg who, uh, who, who reached out to me. He's going to come on the podcast. He's a, he's nice. a really well-known uh, sourcing strategist nice and he listened to, to my talk with tris yesterday okay. yeah, and he yeah. said uh he said yeah look uh you've got you've got a few holes in in, in what you're up to right um here's what i advise you to do so and, and if anybody wants to implement this in terms of how you go about the omni thing in yeah. a logical way um use one of the the automation tools like people camp or linkedin helper to get yeah. the emails off LinkedIn yeah. and then Trish said reach out to people and ask them if they want to be involved as well to, in yeah. terms of getting the, the mailing list so you get you get the buy-in for the mailing list on that you then use all the emails that you're taking from LinkedIn and you take that off and then you use that data to target people with Facebook ads with with with, with 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 all the all there so then that's how you can kind of know what what's what and with yeah within those automation tools you can put people into different pools so like clients yeah. okay and and then they go into a funnel that you target them on maybe mine is come on the podcast and talk about your business and sooner or later they become a client and then candidates is maybe maybe the funnel is selling selling the dream of la or new york or whatever yeah. whatever's applied to your own but there's a linear process involved in each strand yes and i thought that's fascinating like there's it all the wee pieces can be put together um it's going to be interesting when somebody puts the, puts all that together for somebody 
really quickly. I, I might, I might be in that position soon. But that's you know brilliant. What, the only, yeah, the only thing that I would add to that, and you know, um, just your 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 um, proposed guest, the guy that's coming on. The only thing that I would add to that is these are recruitment businesses or consultants. Our first language is not marketing and content and repurposing and anything else. Our first language is recruiting. And so for a lot of recruitment business owners, what I hear is, Roy, simple. You know, it's like I don't I, I keep reading stuff where they say I've got to be writing a blog every day. I can't write a blog or Roy, you know, everyone tells me I should be doing video or podcasts or whatever. It's like I can't do these things. I can't do these things. I think what it starts with is, first of all, we as an industry need to get away from um sell 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 you know mm. here's my job are you interested come and call me or yeah uh, these are the services we offer mr clients it's like you know i'm i'm happy to come in into your office and talk to you it's like we've got to get away from sell 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 and more into put value out there just keep giving value keep giving value keep giving value. people want to know like and trust us and yeah. people that listen to this podcast know like and trust dwelter because their phone they have you in their car it's like you, you are familiar to them and they also you're bringing them value you're bringing them value in terms of the guests so they will immediately trust you so if i was a and i'm thinking wow you know america and <laughs> 30 sorry 30 years ago 20 30 years ago i'd have been beaten a, a path to your door i would beat a path to your door now because i know you or i feel like i know you from from the stuff that you've put out and you haven't sold to me you haven't said oh Roy you know I've got this job I've got this job I've got this job it's like Roy listen to this you know listen to this listen to this um you're you're now a trusted advisor and I think recruitment businesses we've got to get to that point but without making life really difficult for them you know and that's why I'm, I'm down to this create one piece of content and I'll show you with very little automation um, the specific steps you should do as a recruiter. And, and most of it's down to pick your main channel. And, and for most people, it's, it's LinkedIn. But what can we do there? And, and um, yeah, listen, we could talk about this for ages. I, I love We could. I really we do. could. Um, and one of the things that uh, we realized is that we actually only lived on the roof from each other before we started recording. <laughs> so I want True. to get a round table together in the south. And okay. I want us to put together a list of topics that we can talk about and we'll get Jonathan Fine involved to to video it. Yeah. And we'll try and get as much good stuff out there as possible. So we'll, I'll be tapping into your network of the most interesting people in the South. Oh, there's there's a few of us. We've we, I think they've all moved away from the bright lights of London and, and come down. As soon as you start having kids and families, it's like, well, okay, I've, I've done London or I've done the big cities. Let me go go down to uh, London by the sea, whether it's Arundel or Brighton or uh, every other. But listen, on, on the roundtables, I would love to do that. I really would, Duelto. I... I um, uh, yeah, it's listen. I, I think as soon as you get interesting people around a table talking about subjects they like, you get gold. And uh, yeah. if I was invited to be part of that, I'd be I'd be honoured. Brilliant. We well, absolutely will. Thank you. I just have to persuade Jonathan to drive down. Now. <laughs> I'm sure we can <laughs> shout out to Jonathan. On him, don't worry. He'll yeah. love that. He'll love that. Yeah, he, he's a good he, guy. He, he will. And um, one of the things that we will talk about when we meet up and do that yeah. is top performers oh. and it's an it's an area that you've studied intensely but as a, as a kind of final question because I, I know i'm keeping you here for a long time what what separates them what separates them apart do, do you do you bracket them into any personality traits can you identify them from early on like what what can we what can we do to get more out of the people that we have? It's a, it's a great question. And, and look, if we had loads and loads of time, I'd break down every single. The simple truth. It's is, another podcast. isn't it? Yeah, it's another. And we can listen. We can do that. I'm happy to do that. But look, in a, in a really simple way, what I would say is, yeah, I've studied success in recruitment for the 30 plus years that I've worked in it. I've worked. And that's not me. I can't say to you. Oh, yeah, no, I was the best. And I was super. I was OK. And I made money. But I've worked with the best. I've worked alongside them or I've coached them. I've coached people 
one guy, and I do remember this, he was 24 years old and his average fee was the same uh, the same as his age. So his average fee was 24K. And he was doing not just one deal every quarter or whatever, he was doing, on average, one and a half to two deals every single month. So um, I've worked with some good people. What I've seen is... There's a real difference between the um, the recruiter that, that invoices or generates 100K versus the recruiter that's generating 300, 500 and, and plus. And it comes down to some really, you know, like simple things. It's like they think differently. Um, they uh, they have a different physiology. So they, you know, their energy is different. And I can't even compete with some of these guys. They're... Um, they have morning routines. They set their days up for success. They don't do what a lot of us do, which is as soon as they wake up in the morning, check in with their phone. They don't do that. They start off their day prepping their days for success, focusing in on the three things or two things or five things that they want to have achieved that day before they even open up their their um, their phones and their inbox and mm. And everyone else's agenda um loads of other stuff yes they think differently they act differently they behave differently but it's not that they're more intelligent because i've met um 100k billers that are, are, are definitely more intelligent than than these people and i think can get in the way of things <laughs> guilty um absolutely right you know they don't overthink it it's like they know these are the things you'd have a hundred million uh, dollar recruitment firm if you weren't an overthinker <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> definitely and my kids will be pleased with that um they've got things like that purpose that we talked about it's like you know what's your why it's like why do you do this they're so clear on that um mm. process i mean we could spend a whole bloody episode on, on on that they've licked process they know they do a b and c and they do it every single time they don't cut corners um yeah. you know and i've been guilty i've been guilty of that yeah, I was hands lazy, up guilty. lazy yeah. man's recruitment yeah. Um, and then the final piece is persuasion. I mean, these are masters of persuasion and not selling. You know, it's not the 80s kind of, you know, car salesman uh, type of thing. It's persuasion. And, and they study this. They make it, you know, it's it's almost like their, what's the word? It's, it's, it's their yoga. It's their exercise. This is what they do. They study these subjects. And I think you asked me, just to wrap this up, you asked me one question earlier on, which was, you know, what's the difference between maybe, you know, training and coaching and all those kinds of things. These people, right, these 500K billers, like, and I just use that as, 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 a, as a catch-all for them. These successful people, they are, they, these aren't people that you train, okay? These are people that are actually, they do self-learning, so they, it's not about training somebody like that. Training is something that you do to people. Coaching is something that you work alongside them. But learning is the thing that these guys do. They'll go out and get it from any source. Um, and that's why I love working with them. You know, I really, really do. So, yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a long-winded <laughs> So you tell I get passionate about. Hey, no, great stuff. Um, we're going to jump into all that. We're going to work out a bit of a thing. Okay. So we can get this round table done right. And let this be, I'm going to send you the audio okay. of this so you okay. can make this your comeback podcast. Nice. <laughs> and you can just add a little intro to it. And and then I'm hoping Roy Ripper's podcast is going to be back on. Recruiters Live Lounge. Yeah, I, listen, I, w- I would love to do that. I feel like Rocky. We, we, we feel like we're making Adrian <laughs> Walter. <laughs> um, um, oh, so I'm Creed in this. I'll you're Apollo that. Creed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You're not, you're, you're not Adrian. <laughs> no, no, cool. You're, you're Adrian. <laughs> All right, right. Thanks very much. Right. We'll talk again soon. Listen, my absolute pleasure, Dwelter. Lovely to speak with you. Massive thank you to Roy Ripper for coming on the podcast. What a legend he is. What a lovely guy too. And so excited to be able to collaborate with him on a couple of ideas that we've come up from this chat that we had. Um, Really engaging and open character. And you can see why the recruitment community has so much goodwill for Roy. And 
I just was really impressed by him and I'm very grateful for him for coming on the podcast. So very excited to do a round table with him and Barry the lawyer and a few other impressive characters in the south of England so we can get some great content out there and take the information out of the greatest minds in, in agency recruitment and then help you all develop your businesses from it. I'm learning a lot from these type of guys. and hope you are too. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me up on LinkedIn and tell me. Sometimes it can feel like I'm speaking into space. So every time we get a, a little nudge, hey, thanks for that, keep them coming, do this different, try this, get this person on, I'd like to come on. You know, any type of feedback would be great. And I appreciate every one of you. So have a great weekend and happy hunting.